Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. I am your host, Joachim Eriksson. Today's episode, I want it to be a little bit different. I say that a lot. Maybe I say that a lot. What is the podcast? The podcast maybe is a therapy session. Maybe it's a self-help instruction manual for you. Maybe it's a political manifesto. I don't know. But whatever it is, the goal for me is that the podcast should be honest. And part of honesty is for it to be unprepared. So I try to have it be unprepared. It's actually harder than you think to have something not be prepared. And what I mean by that is that what happens is, what keeps happening is that I keep finding myself late at night trying to sleep thinking about something i want to rant about on the pod and then i flesh out this whole rant and then i can't sleep and then maybe i write it down and then whatever i do with that it doesn't work because there's no way to translate that i mean one idea would be to just record a podcast that 2.30 a.m. in that moment. But if I don't do that, then there's no plan B there. There's no way to write it down and have it be on the pod two days later. Because if I write it all down and then reread it, first of all, when you write it down, it's now no longer in your head. So you can no longer have that sort of fresh quality to it. And then two days later, if you reread it and then put the document away and then turn a microphone on it's just not it it has nothing now it's just something completely different we're now i'm really talking about something in the past tense and none of that works and so here's an analogy i've been going to these 12-step meetings recovery meetings whatever you want to call them and when I went to my first meeting, first of all, I don't know anything about this. And then I look up in the wall and they had this 12 steps hanging, printed on the wall. And the step, step one was admit that you don't have control. And I was like, oh shit, this is perfect. That's like the, I'm not ready to admit anything. I'm not ready for anything. But admitting that I don't have control is why I'm here. So this is going to be easy, bucko. Um... But so then I'm going to these meetings, you know, a couple of meetings a week, whatever, at least one meeting a week. And I found myself, it's a little bit of a, I mean, it's a public speaking exercise going in there. You sit in a circle, you share about something really honest. There's a certain way that you should be talking about things because there's a way to, it's a lot of it is about delusions. Everyone in there is delusional. Everyone in the world is delusional. The literature, the 12-step literature is all about these are common delusions. Do you, are you work, are you living with any of these delusions? Should you be? And it's all about waking up from your delusions and just sort of sitting and slowing things down and looking at yourself and and just sort of like practicing some humility. Some people call it a cult. Some people call it brainwashing. You know, my sponsor says if this is brainwashing to you, then maybe your brain was dirty. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So it's a little bit of a pressurized situation where in the beginning you can be real nervous walking in there because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to accidentally say something where it becomes clear that you're really living inside of your delusion and that you're not realizing that until later on. So because it's a little bit nervousy like that, 
I would end up walking in there with something prepared that I wanted to talk about, that I wanted to share, something, some emotional um, realization that I had had, you know, some development thing, something I read that really spoke to me, whatever, it would be prepared. And then I walk in there and I always knew that wasn't the way to go. Every single time I did it, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel 100% pure. And that space, man, that space is so pure. You don't even know. And because the meetings are exist, they are aware of this thing that you should be speaking in an unprepared way. Sorry, I had to have a sip of coffee there. Because the meetings are set up trying to get you to speak in an unprepared way, the whole format is that you walk in, the secretary reads a couple of things, prepared things, always the same things, you know, yada, yada. You can donate a little bit of bucks like this. You can wada, wada, you know, here, here, here. And then the meeting begins with someone called, it's someone, it's called a chairperson. And the chairperson has a prepared statement, something they want to talk about in their story, something that did something to them, something that was tricky, something that wasn't tricky, something that was good, something that was bad, whatever. And then the idea is that whatever the chairperson talks about, that's the topic, that's the prompt. And then you should just sit there with yourself and listen to it and listen to what they are going through and try to see if any of those feelings that they're talking about is anything that you've felt. And so the analogy here is that the podcast suffers when it's too prepared. The podcasting format can benefit from unprepared radical honesty. So how do you get to honesty? Well, I am a big fan of the concept of a random prompt. When, when you try to do creative writing, you can buy these books like um, just called like 700 Creative Prompts. None of those books are ever good. But a random prompt can also be something as silly as a daily horoscope. Um, and I do have a sort of affinity for the concept of a daily horoscope. I am extremely anti-superstitious. If I'm being honest with you, I don't respect anyone who, who believes in anything superstitious. You know, all the um, 1700s, 1800s European philosophers, they all had this, this sort of view that like um, a totally uneducated bumpkin starts out being, every human starts out being co sort of superstitious. And then when you educate them a little bit, they become an atheist uh, because they realize that all of that is just nonsense. And then if you educate them even more, they become religious. Now, I don't agree with that, but I respect it <laughs> because it's a condescending thing to say. And maybe I respect anyone who's very condescending. But a daily horoscope can also be viewed as just a random prompt because I do think that just sitting down and reading three sentences about something that could apply to you and just doing the mental exercise of what if this applies to me? What if... In today or this week or what I'm working on right now, what if I think about it instead in this paradigm suggested in these three senses? You know, what if you just open your mind to a new idea and just sit with yourself and slow it down and think about yourself? 
and it just throws a couple of big words at you, a couple of concepts, and you just sit there and you think about it and you're just like, how can these big concepts fit into my life? And you just try to put it together in a new way and think of something new. And I do think that a daily horoscope has the potential to be a space like that, a, spa a helpful space. Now, I will say that I've had plenty of conversations with people who really believe in horoscopes where I try to be charitable and not say, hey, <laughs> I think you I think you just kind of need an education, bro. Uh, I try to be charitable and I, I'm like, you know, I really do believe that a horoscope can be a good space of just sitting and thinking about yourself and doing a little bit of personal development development and I will tell you that those conversations have never gone well because what I'm asking of the person is to acknowledge that it's all made up and the person <laughs> people who believe in horoscopes they always go balls to the wall you know like they believe in horoscopes they believe that like tumbling gas balls through space and like yeah we don't have to get into that what I'm saying is that for the pod today, I want to try to do a random prompt. I want to sit with that prompt and I just want to see if that's a way to make an episode. Because of that, I have two things here that can exist as a prompt. Now, obviously, I mean, this is silly to say this out loud, but I don't know if this is going to be good, and I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to try. Thing number one, there's this book called Daily Reflections. Now, this is some, um, this is some AA literature right here. It's 365 Little Reflections. I got this book delivered in the mail yesterday, and we're just going to crack it open to May 21st, which is today. And we're going to see what's up. You hear that? That's the sound of recovery. March, March. Yeah, okay. Now we're realizing that I don't actually... I never learned the order of the months. Oh, man. Okay, sidebar. At the restaurant, oh, sometimes we take payments over the phone. And then people read me their credit card number. And then when we get to the expiration date, they'll be like... August 24 and I and I can't be like which month is August because <laughs> I have to put it into the computer with a number and my hand is always shaking like crazy August is that number eight maybe and I'm super unsure of it and I put in eight and if I'm wrong then I have to ask them for the entire credit card number again Ooh, it's high stakes May 21st a list of blessings why is this in past tense? What did I have to be grateful for? I shut myself up and started listing the blessings for which I was in no way responsible, beginning with having been born of sound mind and body. I went through 74 years of living right up to the present moment. The list ran two pages and took two hours to compile. I included health, family, money, AA, the whole gamut. Every day in my prayers, I asked God to help me remember my list and to be grateful for it throughout the day. When I remember my gratitude list, it's very hard to conclude that God is picking on me. A gratitude exercise. Okay, so first of all, 
I have to be honest and say that the thing that stuck out to me was that the word prayer is right in there. I mean, the word God is in there too, and I don't like that, but the word prayer is in there. And I've talked about this on the pod before how those people have it better than us because they have this tool where they can close their mind and have close their eyes and have a conversation with an imaginary image in front of them and not acknowledge that that image is imaginary and to just take it just be in that moment of being in a conversation between what you in your consciousness perceive as you and some sort of other in your consciousness because as an atheist you never you can never truly believe that inside of your consciousness there's anything other than yourself so I really struggle with believing that there's something else. Um, <laughs> this isn't, I mean, I'm not sounding very grateful right now. So let's not go down that. Let's not go in that direction. What do I have to be grateful for? It's funny because a gratitude list is one of the most like personal things where you, if you really do it, because I have a habit of doing this sort of, not really right now, but um, in the last year for several months, I've, I did have some multi-month periods of doing this every morning, just making a gratitude list, everything I'm grateful for. And it turns into just like a bunch of names, a bunch of really esoteric concepts that really only make sense to yourself. So to do a, a live gratitude list is a little bit impossible. Or is it? Is it possible to not hold back at all? Okay, what if I don't hold back at all? Let's just see. I'm grateful for Marissa. I'm grateful for Julie. I'm grateful that I know how to bake delicious bread. I'm grateful that sometimes there's sun. I'm grateful for having found that I really like making pots out of air dry clay. I'm grateful for the television show Dave made by Lil Dicky because it's funny on every level, high and low. I'm grateful for this comfortable fabric against my skin. I'm grateful for this cup of coffee. I'm grateful for my job. <laughs> All right, let's call it there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So that's prompt number one, which brings us to prompt number two. This is a little bit more complicated. It's a book called, well, it's called many, 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 many things. It's a Chinese book, and in Chinese, it's called Yi Jing or Zhou Yi. Now, sidebar, Zhou Yi, which is the book, of, the name of this book, it's actually my name in Chinese. Uh, do I go into a long rant now about my name? Nah, let's not. Um, it's called The Book of Changes. In English is one of the names you maybe don't know it but you are at least vaguely familiar with this book already if you like the Wu-Tang Clan then you know a lot of stuff about this book because they love this book they call it the I Ching because in the old Wade Giles romanization of Chinese it used to be called I Ching in English whereas now Yi Jing is more what we should call it but with certain old things like that, because they got too famous with an old romanization system, sometimes we just stay with the old name. Like how Shankai Shik in Swedish. It's like, we're not going to change his name. Everyone calls him Shankai Shik. You know? The head, the guy who founded Taiwan. 
So yeah, I mean, if you love Wu-Tang Clan, maybe you know what's going on here. I Ching. Now the I Ching, I mean, now the Wu-Tang Clan, they were never like originalists in their reading of Oriental culture. So their um, reading of it is mostly reflected through the prism of maybe dubbed Kung Fu movies. So who knows? But I mean, I say that, but I think that the Riza is probably one of the more philosophical minds of our era, and he has surely read a lot of this book. Um, now, the thing that everyone is familiar with uh, is the Korean flag, the South Korean flag, which is a sort of uh, yin-yang circle in the middle, and then four hexagrams. It's four black hexagrams around a circle on a white surface. That's the South Korean flag. And those hexagrams are from this book. First of all, let's start at the beginning here. What I'm dealing with here is it's in translation, which is which is lame, but I mean, this book, this podcast is not in Chinese, so here we are. Um, also, I like this translation because it's kind of goofy, and I used to do this every morning where I consulted the I Ching. And it just gives you a prompt. It gives you a sort of horoscope or a reading or whatever. And you can just sit with that and think about it. Now, the way it's done is kind of complicated. I think what I learned in Chinese history class back in school was that you were supposed to throw sticks and something about the sticks gave you an odd or even uh, number. And then that's how you build your hexagram of the day. But in this version I have here, English translation, they say use three coins. Count heads as three and tails as two. Add the value of the three coins and if it's uh, even, draw a broken line and if it's odd, draw an unbroken line and do it bottom up and then you do it six times and that's how you do a six line hexagram. And if you look at the South Korean flag, you have these four four hexagrammy things which are six lines some of the lines broken some of the lines not broken that's what we're doing here so now i'm going to i'm going to do this i'm going to do this live three coins right here tail 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 six head tail tail seven broken line you hear that that's the sound of the random universe. Head, head, tail. Eight. Broken line. Head, tail, tail. Seven. Unbroken line. Head, head, head. Jackpot. I win. I win $1,000. No, I don't. Nine. Unbroken line. Head, tail, tail. Seven. Unbroken line. Okay, that's it. So, cleaning it up here a little bit. Ooh, this is a good one. Next step. Now you have to find the name of your hexagram. Uh, so then I consult page three. <laughs> Next page. <laughs> okay. So the top part here is heaven, and the bottom part is water. Page six. Trigram six. Song, actually. I don't actually know what that character means, but supposedly it means conflict. 
The proper response to conflict, whether it lies within or without us, is disengagement. Whoa, that's exactly what I've been talking about. Where do I start? I was married for five years and my marriage failed because we were two people that always had to be right. That's the absolute simplest way of talking about the entire marriage. We never knew how to let go. And whenever we got to a point of just being so tired of arguing, we would just call it and give up and surrender and say, okay, let's just drop everything. Let's just drop the entire past, start over from zero, not remember any of these conflicts and just be here now. But the truth was that we never meant that. And we always held on to, hold on, let me slow this down. Let me lean in and slow this down. The marriage was two people fighting every day. You fight, there's no winner. The day ends, you go to bed. You wake up the next day, you argue about something else. But on day two, you're really also arguing about the things from the day before. So on day 300, you're really having 300 different fights in parallel. And it become, it turns into a really sophisticated thing. I mean, you're in a very fluid way referring to things that happened like 150 days ago and three days ago and last year and everything is still on the table. But what fascinates me about what happened is that there was this two-person psychosis where neither one of us, I didn't realize it and she didn't realize it. We never realized that there was never a winner. I mean, never mind winning the war. Never, there was never a single battle that was won. All that really happened was that it kept going. And yeah, I don't know. Disengagement. I mean, we never understood that the only way to have a good outcome, I mean, a good outcome for the marriage, a good outcome for the other person, for the greater good, but really, fascinatingly, the best way to have a good outcome for yourself in a self-seeking way, just give up. Disengagement. Oh, man. Anyway, um... Yeah, and then I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And what I was telling Marissa yesterday was how now when I get in these little arguments with the girlfriend, we'll argue for a bit and then she'll send me a bunch of angry texts. And then I'll look at how much text there is and I'll just feel all that anger inside of me. And I'll just take a step back and I'll just let all the anger dissipate. And sometimes I don't even need to read what she is telling me that I'm doing wrong. Because if I get in a honest enough mind space, I can just close my eyes and look at what I... Look, when I say close my eyes, I don't actually physically have to close my eyes to do any of this. And it sounds really... <laughs> it sounds like I'm overdoing it. Look, 
this is about growing up. This is about becoming a grown-up. And to become a grown-up, you don't have to close your eyes. You just have to look at yourself and be a grown-up about it. And now, sometimes, when there's a barrage of attacks on me and I've done something wrong and I've been shitty, sometimes it's even better for me to not listen to the outside view of what I did wrong because I maybe need to look at all of my own actions myself and recognize all the many, many, many mistakes I made and then be humble about that and then admit all of those mistakes. I just let go of it all and apologize and take responsibility. And that's it. And... The proper response to conflict, whether it lies within us or without us, is disengagement. Disengagement. You know, my sponsor has this expression where he goes that normal people, functioning people, they say things like, don't just stand there, do something. But then like in recovery and in the 12th step and all that stuff, for people that have that um, chaotic, addictive, unhealthiness thing going on, for them, the mantra needs to be, don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> I fucking love that so much because that's so true for me. Like, I get on tilt, like the concept of tilt in poker where you make a mistake and that feeds your next mistake and that feeds your next mistake and that feeds your next mistake. And you're just like yelling at people and you're shitty and you just like feel bad and then you like get shittier and you're just like worse and worse and worse and worse. And throughout all of that, the key is just don't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't just do something, comma, stand there, exclamation mark. Like the key to all of it is to do nothing. And it's like the most, it's so funny that intersection of Alcoholics Anonymous and Sogjam Buddhism. Because that's where I'm chilling, bro. I'm at that intersection, man. I got a yellow vest on and I'm directing traffic. And uh, the key to any conflict, it's also like within us or without us, disengagement. Even for conflict within yourself, if you have, if you're locking horns with, if there are two concept locking horns in your, in your heart, even there, even conflict there, disengagement. Don't just do something, comma, stand there, exclamation mark. Um, today we're going back to the to our roots. Sparkling water, we're doing lime. No fusions, no mixes, nothing. Lime. Let me get the water. All right, here we go. Lime flavored sparkling water. So I've had an epiphany that when I don't have a guest on, maybe I don't need to use cups. Maybe I should just drink it straight from this nice glass bottle. We're going to start with field day. We've had some bad experiences with field day. Let me be honest. That last one tasted kind of like fish, is what Marissa said. But here's lime. Yeah. The cracking of the field day bottle always sounds like a sideways fart to me. Let's smell it. Yeah, I mean, mm, does it smell like lime? Very weak smell.
Ah, the lime, the lime alert. Wee! I can never record a whole podcast without. I mean, look, this is America. There's always sirens. That was it. That was the whole siren. Okay. Um, field day. Yeah, I mean, super unimpressive. It's very much in the category of you can't fuck up lime. Apparently, here's lime. It's hard to take a not fucked up one and give it a worse score than seven. So I guess this is a seven. But it's just like nothing creative happened here. Signature select seltzer water, lime flavored. Signature select, man. It's a dark horse. It always, it blows me away how good it is sometimes. Ooh, much stronger smell. Like, um, really like peel oriented, like a nice strong lime with like a little bit of softness to it because you know limes are tricky like i worked in a couple of bars and you always have to have limes every time all all times of year doesn't matter if you're like in a cold place and it's fucking winter and there are no limes growing anywhere you still have to have limes because it's a bar and man you end up with some weird like a lime can be completely brown and still it makes what I'm saying is I appreciate a good lime. I appreciate a perfect r- peak ripeness lime. Yeah. Anyway, signatures like. Oh yeah. See, signature select man. Safeway's in-house cheap ass brand, and it's so fucking good. That is so flavorful, and not in a way where it's like, ooh, I'm drinking a Sprite. Just in a way where I'm having so much sparkling water and someone is holding up a lime in front of me and giving me such a pure, gentle experience of a real lime. Like, terribly designed can. Everything about it is lowers your expectation. But, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, that's a 9 out of 10. It's a 9 out of 10. It's lime. It's basic. It's the beginning. It's the origins, you know. It's the one that before the sparkling water boom, we already had lime-flavored sparkling water, you know. We always had lime-flavored sparkling water. Lime and lemon. That's what we had. Luca, Romlesa, back in Sweden, talking rain. I'm sure there was lime-flavored talking rain in Seattle in the 90s, you know. I'm sure of it. But, um... Still good. Still good. Okay, so this episode is almost a companion piece to the previous episode because we have a lot of the same uh, things. Um, so I, I'm, I was doing lime and I was standing there in the store today and I was like looking at all the different lime ones and there are a lot of lime ones. And I was holding a Perrier in one hand and I was holding a Topo Chico in the other hand. Both glass bottles, both sparkling water, both lime flavored. And I was like, what do I do here? I had Topo Chico on the last episode twist a grapefruit i went with the topo chico because i'm just twist of lime i'm into it uh so let's try it now i'm gonna drink this straight out of the glass bottle because i don't have a guest oh such a unpretentious crack smell it Ooh, very very gentle smell okay let's see this green, look, man, what's better than a green glass bottle? Drinking straight out of a green glass bottle? Oh, wow, that's different. Wow, that is some hitcha in Mexico, eh? So it's lighter. 
Um, it's lighter. It's got a little bit of a mineral content and you can taste a little bit of salt. Let's try it again. Mmm. It's good. It's good. You know, here's the thing. At the restaurant, we got a lot of good Mexicans working in the kitchen. And they drink a lot of Topo Chico. And the way I see my guy Bernie drink it, my guy Bernardo, my guy Bernadito, my guy Berna, he will take a bottle of Topo Chico and then he'll reach into the salt container, get a nice strong pinch of salt, pour even more salt in there. And then nice quarter of lime, squeeze a quarter of lime in there. You get that? Saltiness and lime sparkling water it's it's uh it's it's very nice it's very new yesterday i also saw um adriano i saw him eat a, a soft boiled egg and you know what he in sweden will we eat a lot of boiled eggs um and salt is what you put on them maybe mayo like an open-faced sandwich with where you butter bread you slice up uh soft boiled hard boiled medium boiled whatever i mean it's not what we would call it in swedish but a boiled egg and you spread mayo on there, or you salt it, or something like that. It's it's real good. But you know what he put on an egg? He squeezed a lime on there, on an egg, you know? Whoa. And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting profile, bro. Maybe want to try it. Haven't tried it yet. Might try it one of these days. Just like eating a hard-boiled egg, plain, with a lime squeezed on there, you know? Very surprising. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Mexico, but I've had a Topo Chico with a twist of lime, and it's good, man. It's good, man. It might not be like a trip to Tulum, you know? It might not be that Quintana Roo, but um, it's good. It's better than the grapefruit. The twist of grapefruit was... Somehow the grapefruit didn't survive the saltiness, and the grapefruit uh, didn't... It didn't attain a balance where the salt and the grapefruit worked together to hold each other up. But with the lime, the saltiness and the lime, they hold each other up. And it is very good. It's a 9 out of 10. Yeah. All right, y'all. I think we're going to call it an episode. Thank you for listening to This Week in Sparkling Water. That was our review of uh, three lime-flavored sparkling water. Field Day Signature Select Topo Chico And that brings us to our closing segment Sparkling Water Sparkling Mind For today's episode I would like you to first Close your eyes and slow down a little bit See if there's any mood Or feeling tone precluding your thought processes. And then when you've taken note of everything, I would like you to try to bring to mind a person, a person that you have uncomplicated feelings towards, and a person that you have simple, positive feelings toward. Think of this person, and then... Just, in your mind, wish them well. Say to yourself, inside of your mind, I hope you can be happy. 
Use your own words to express a positive sentiment towards this person. I hope you can be free of pain. And then sit with that and send out that feeling towards the image of the person in your mind. And try to just rest in that positive, generous, benevolent feeling of wanting this other person to be happy and satisfied and free of pain. And then turn it around and imagine yourself and realize that you also want those things for yourself. Imagine yourself in front of you and send out a positive sentiment toward yourself. May you be happy. May you be free of suffering. That's my that's my impersonation of a Topo Chico. <laughs> <laughs>